Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big 50 of the Star Road Podcast. This is the 50th episode Tyler and I have done as a duo. It's been very it doesn't exciting. it doesn't feel like it's been that many episodes, man. It feels Not like at all. it feels like we just started doing this yesterday, but we pretty consistently have done every other week um almost without any fail, right? And that's a long time, man. That's that's what about two years coming up. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. And it's been a great time, man. I mean, there's there's been a lot we've uh, experienced together as far as big releases. I mean, we we kind of started this uh, and then had like a switch reckoning, you know. Afterwards, that's a whole thing in itself. But I feel like we've gone through so many exciting like switch releases and. Reveals for main series console shit. releases in some yeah. cases, right? And uh, today's a, a special day where we're doing some special things, Tyler. Yeah, man. Mostly we're talking about our Hall of Fame. We did one of these maybe for twenty or twenty-five. I think. Um, I think it was like forty-ish. Okay, all right. Maybe more recent than that. Okay, fair enough. Um, but this is going to be the first sort of video proof of it right because that was before we were doing video episodes so we're going to recap that hall of fame the the, which was the first iteration and we're going to come in with a new iteration so 10 games have been immortalized thus far and we have another 10 for today so i'm pretty excited for that 50 episodes in roughest picks we've ever had to make for anything but i'm happy with where we landed definitely I am too, but th- there's so much you want to, you want to put 20 on at one time. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it, it, the five thing, we we do it with the five because that's how we've done things, but it's so painful, but it makes the picks more special because they made it through such a rough cut. No question. You know? Couldn't agree more. It was an intensive uh, process. Definitely. And I, I mean, even up until we... Got to prepping and about the more record, so but even we're still than, talking about more so even than the first iteration. Somehow, like I feel like it was it was more challenging this time. Why is that? Don't I don't you know. Think the first the the first would be the most intimidating because you're starting from scratch, and it's not for lack of games to choose from. Not, not by any at means. all. That's the biggest problem here. It is too many weighing this over that. Which absolutely. in some instances is absolutely impossible. Absolutely. But we did it. We have to do it. Uh, we didn't really say how often we were going to do them, but I feel like celebrating the 50th is better time than any. Yeah. It, 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 it's, I feel like it's a we'll know when it's warranted type situation. Yep. And uh, this time it's warranted. So we have a lot of news today also. Yeah. A lot of good shit going yep. on. Yep. Uh, I'm sure if you're watching the video version, you're going to be noticing a bit of an update yeah, to we the presentation. Actually, we actually brought a visual element, just some screenshots mostly to accompany what we're talking about, just to provide a, a nugget of context, right? When we're talking about yeah. certain stuff, I, I think having a visual element um, should add something. First time doing it, so apologies in advance if any technical issues arise with it. But I think I think it looks pretty good. Oh, for the first time out the gate, man, I, I'm pretty pleased. And, and shout out to Tyler for doing this because he's done the most. But uh, uh, we collaborated I, big time I'm, on this. I'm sure that it's gonna, you know, it's gonna look better and better as we move on. And just like anything else, the more we do it, the better it is. Absolutely. 
Uh, we were talking about the sound quality of the podcast, how you can slowly go through the episodes and hear it ramp up. I feel like you can hear our confidence ramp up almost totally. throughout the yeah. episodes, you know. Yeah. It's become a whole different thing. Now Absolutely. it's such a naturally flowing, you know. If you've only ever seen us on YouTube, we have an entire backlog probably of 40 or so episodes um, just in audio form on every major podcast platform. So feel free yeah, to go back even, and check those out. We didn't even get on YouTube for the longest, man. I mean, the YouTube is still fairly new. Yep, yep. But I think we've we've made strides even just from the first YouTube video. Absolutely, man. I feel like bringing in these elements. And also, we don't expect you to sit here and stare at us the whole time. Uh, the video is a bit of a bonus, right? Correct. Like, you know, Just, I podcasts, consume most of my podcasts on YouTube. Absolutely. So it, it's a bit of a bonus, but this just makes it to where, yeah, instead of looking at our ugly mugs, you get to actually maybe uh, get a little insight into what we're talking about. Exactly. But yeah, let's jump and, uh, into the news, man. Go ahead and segue yeah, us in. The first thing I want to talk about is what I'm looking at, and it's actually uh, a screenshot of Wave Race 64, which has recently been added to the Nintendo Switch expansion pack, and I'm very happy about this, Tyler. Yeah, this game, I, I remember. Did you have this? I know I, I know, I knew someone who had this game. Okay, yeah, okay. So I feel Got like it. you are the one who introduced me to this game, I'm pretty sure. It's fantastic, man. And from what I understand, this is all Nintendo's work. I mean, they did mm -hmm. this. Uh, bit of a cult following to it. No surprise. Shit like this and Hydro Thunder, the arcadey water racing. Uh, you also think about shit like Jet Moto. You know, that shit's so addicting to me. Yep. We love these arcade sports games. Just oh, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, this is the most excited I've gotten in quite a bit about a game being added. Probably since Crystal Shards, right? Probably. Uh, but 64, any game we get, I'm excited about. But to see Wave Race thrown in. Definitely. Give us give us NFL Blitz 2000. Oh, That'd man. be pretty yeah. dude. No That's way. My shit. No chance they could get the licenses <laughs> to the music yeah. and the players and everything that were in that game. I don't see it, unfortunately. Yeah, I, but I guess we'd have to see. I've been wrong but, before. Uh, I mean, they, 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 they have Tecmo Bowl, so that's something. Yeah, I think Tecmo Bowl was, uh, I don't know how affiliated it was, but it did have official names and teams and licensed franchises, so that's a good point. But another big thing that we have on the news, Tyler, we've been talking about this game a little bit okay. on here, off the podcast, Curse to Golf. Oh, yeah. This is a very interesting, very honed in to what we hold dear. This Charming is, little indie release. Yeah, this is basically a golf podcast. I don't know if people knew that, <laughs> but we only talk about golf games on this podcast, and occasionally we talk about other games, too. Sometimes uh, switch sports bowling, too. I'm, gonna, you know, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a bowler. I've been known to be. So. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, I'm exaggerating. But we love golf games. I think every golf, game, golf games. every golf game that comes out is on our radar at a minimum. I feel like Golf Story was one of the big talks when we first launched into the podcast. Yeah, because that game wasn't new, but it was new to me. I think I actually bought it because of a three shop. And... Uh, I loved it, and I knew I would, but I just yeah. had never gotten around to purchasing it. I had recommended it to you heavily. And I knew and that. I have no, no shame in saying I think I've said it before, man. The first purchase I made on the Switch eShop when I got it in 2018 was Golf Story. I don't think there's any shame in that at all. Because 
only platform it's available on, and that's the game I was dying to. If I don't have to go to the store, if I'm just on the eShop, that's the one. Yeah. That and the Messenger, first two things I bought. Uh, but Curse the Golf Man, it's 19.99. Uh, I was wondering if it was going to be on just Switch. It's on Switch and Steam. Good to see that. Yeah, that's awesome. Probably will wind up grabbing it on the deck. Yeah, I think so you. too. Uh, if given the option between Switch or Steam Deck, I'm, I think I'm going to go Steam Deck. In most know? cases, yeah. Just because of the better performance, the bigger screen, like, and I think just the the back and forth nature of buying it on steam gives it to you on your you know physical gaming pc as well absolutely not to say that switch is a bad choice but i'm with you in in many use cases i've been finding myself opting for steam because of the steam deck Uh, that's just where i'm at i mean anything with exclusivity to the switch with nintendo of course i'm gonna dive i'm gonna dive on the if i'm hype on the release i'm diving on the switch and i feel like there may be some things like, for instance, if Square Enix were to come out with an RPG on Steam and Switch at the same time, which is always possible, I don't know why, but I, I feel like I want that on Switch. And, it, you know, that's, of course, incorporating a physical element, too, which you can't do with, uh, with the Steam Deck. So that's something, you know, anything that we want physical is going to end up being on Switch anyway. Yeah, uh- a lot of the things that we are into have some timed exclusivity. That's where I was surprised to see this multi-platform. Yeah. I was glad to see it. Yeah, for but sure. I feel like, you know, the big difference is you get achievements. And totally. in some cases, you get access to community content that wouldn't other- otherwise be available. Uh, so the accessibility kind of makes the Steam Deck more attractive. I agree. You know, uh, I agree. <clears throat> for these same, same games. Uh, now, one thing you can't. Uh, currently get on Switch, I don't believe, is Ultra Kill. And we just got some new content dropped. And actually, the price is going up on this game. I wanted to mention that. It's nineteen ninety nine. Really? It's still early access. But uh, the, the the developer said the price will be going up. So anybody who wants to grab it for nineteen ninety nine, probably do so soon. Interesting. Uh, it recently went on a sale. Uh, a few bucks off. You know, nothing crazy. Uh, but for nineteen ninety nine, I'd get in while you can, because this is definitely one of the shining stars of these newer FPS retro throwbacks. Boomer you know? shooters. It's very good. I've actually played it quite a bit on the deck, and uh, it's very addictive, man. It's a bit arcadey, you know. I'm, it looks I'm sure it, can, yeah. It definitely looks it just from the screenshot. And this also, you might you might enjoy this. There's a bit of like an unreal tournament type of feel. I can feel that. Even, even though it's not like online against other people or anything like that. It's just, it feels that way. The way everything, I guess the chaos of it really, you know, it's got that same type of chaotic nature to it. I've been itching to play some UT 2004, man. We should do that sometime. I, wa- I wanted to put it on the deck. Maybe we could both try to play together on the deck yeah and see like join some headphones to the to the deck and try and see how see how much we can do with that try discord and stuff like that at the same time i've been wanting to do that yeah since like we said the the steam deck's got a very nice mic on it Mm -hmm. so you'll need to hook nothing in i'll probably just use my bluetooth headphones which uh will capture the audio too yeah that's not a bad idea either the um but the content that came out was Act 2, Imperfect Hatred. People have been waiting for Act 2. Uh, 
and this is such a great game to get in on early. I, I have to recommend it very highly. It, it, it's a shining star amongst these early releases. And uh, we've talked quite highly about a few early releases. Uh, I, th- I think I revealed to you uh, BeamNG.Drive is like an early release game. And is, I don't even yeah. think you knew that. It's been in early access for, I mean, since I've been playing it. Like, Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's awesome though. There's, it's funny we were just talking about exclusivity uh, because there's something that's going to be exclusive to the Switch at least for a while, I believe, that we got a treehouse on recently, and it, you and I are all in on this. It's Harvestella. Yeah, we're, we're, we talked about this when the trailer came out um, a few episodes ago, but this game looks absolutely awesome. We didn't I mean, need to even have a conversation to already be on the same page when we brought the game up. Definitely. Just a normal conversation. Uh, this is exactly the type of shit that we are into. I mean, this is like my Stardew Valley mixed with my Square Enix RPG. Yeah, I mean, what uh, more do you this want? This is fantastic. Yeah. It does look like, from some of the screenshots I saw today, it does look like we've gotten some more looks at the uh, battle system, obviously from the treehouse and everything yesterday. But it does look like it's got a fully fleshed out, like, turn-based battle system, which you love to see. Yeah, I knew whatever they were going to do with it was going to be spot on. Even if it would have been some hack and slash shit, I, I still think I would have thoroughly enjoyed the game. You know me, man. I'm a, I'm a turn-based purist. Oh, me too. I love it. I mean, I can never get enough of it, but uh, I just feel like no matter what... The, this game just I'm getting that aura off of it that it's going to be a smashing success I think so I mean, too I think it's going to have a lot it, it reminds me almost of Fable where you look at Fable and you just it's hard to grasp the amount of content in the game I'm hoping this lands the same way or, or even Stardew Valley where you know you have a ton of just beneath the surface stuff going on and and there's just a lot of layers of exploration and different playthroughs can yield certain things. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. That's interesting. You bring that up because you wonder, you think of a square Enix game in the style of something like Stardew Valley. And there's so many different things to do on Stardew Valley. A lot of times with the square Enix game, you got a couple linear things to do Mm -hmm. some side quests here and there, you know, sure. With something like Stardew Valley, we're on some Majora's mask time of the day, time of the year time of the month no objective there's yeah Yeah. basically no objective uh so you think about getting put into a square enix environment and that's pretty exciting go in whatever direction start whatever kind of like that breath of the wild feeling when we just got tossed in the wilderness it's like find a stick and fight with it you know Uh, looking forward to this one highly man this i think this is going to be a very good game definitely before we close out the news, I wanted to bring up the uh, expansion pass for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yeah. So there's one wave available, and there's one wave that's... Un- that's Well, they're all announced, but... <clears throat> excuse me. The, um, the second one, we know what we're getting. Uh, but the timelines on here are cookie cutter, right? So they're, they're not solid. It's just uh, phases, right? Stuff like that. Yeah, so, like, Wave 1 is available right now. Mm. Uh, so that's a collection of helpful items. 30 silver no-pawn coins, 10 gold no-pawn coins, some accessories, uh, some color variants for existing outfits. That's basically Wave 1. 
It's like a starter pack of items and some cosmetic shit, you know. Kind of like what we saw with Hyrule Warriors. I feel like it's almost the same structure. Yeah, additional characters. And as I go down this, that's going to make even more sense. Uh, I'm just curious regarding Wave 2, what they mean by it. Because for Wave 2, it says by 12-31-2023. No, that'd be 2022. Sorry about that. Mm. So by the end of this year, Mm -hmm. Wave 2 will drop. Not too uh, far said, out. Nah, but they said that's going to be a challenge mode against difficult enemies, new hero character, and accompanying quests, along with new character outfits. Interesting to see when they say new hero character and accompanying, and accompanying quests. quests. That's just like more content. I have to wonder if this is kind of like you'd launch Torna from Xenoblade 2's menu. If this is something launched from the menu separate from the story. Or, or if, if this is something that's something just that's built in expands the story. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll have to see. I have a feeling that Wave Two is going to be a lot more impactful on the game than normal DLC. Sounds like I could it, be wrong yeah. about that. Now Wave Three and Four are the same thing, very vague, but very interesting. Uh, so Wave Three is the same as Two, but. Four is new original story scenario. That's all they said. That makes me think, man, they got that plan mm-hmm. two years out. Yeah. And the only explanation on it is new original story scenario. I feel like that's going to be your Torna Golden Country. That's, that's going that, to be yeah, your that sounds like whole, that to me. whole other game. A whole new campaign or whatever. Yep. Or at least a, like a, uh, I haven't played Xenoblade, but like I think about like Assignment Ada or something. Yeah, yeah, like like something with a little like bit more lore to it. Like a smaller campaign. Because <clears throat> I believe Torna is just going back in time, and a lot of the lore they talk about and flash back to, you actually play in that time. Makes sense. Get a little more insight mm-hmm. into the, the references. Uh, but yeah, that can bring us right into gaming and pickups. Yeah, because you've, you've been playing a lot of Xenoblade 3. Oh, man. I, I've lived up to what I said, a chapter per podcast mm-hmm. cycle. And, you know, that might not sound like a lot, but it's a lot, Tyler. I got to tell you, every time you think you're finished a chapter, you're like, shit. And you save and you see it still says chapter whatever you were on, you know. Uh, but they, they have a cool little system where when you finish a chapter, uh, the character Mio keeps a diary. So whenever you see the diary pop up on the screen and it asks if you want to save, you know that's chapter end. And then you get her diary entry mm-hmm. summarizing the chapter you just played. Uh, and man, I got to tell you, you see how we're doing a Hall of Fame today? Uh, if I had already finished the game, the moment I finish this game, I'm putting it in the Hall of Fame. I I'm serious, it. Tyler. I mean, it, it's fantastic. I think that if you played this, you'd fall head over heels for it. The combat system, it's uh, it, it's like World of Warcraft meets DDR. It's just, it, it's so euphoric, dude. The combat system is insane. It's Especially painful because I, uh, I, I want to start with the first one always. Like, that's my, that's my number one prerogative always. Totally. And the first one is what got me down this path. So that makes sense to me. But it's like I fell in love with two more than the first one, and now I'm falling in love with three more than the second wow. one. I got to be quite honest with you, dude. That's pretty significant. The, the story elements here are so deep, so existential. The, just the lessons that are being taught in this game, I think it's next level. This is like, uh, I don't even know what to compare it to. 
but it's just it's a it's a very valuable lesson on humanity man it's like a very bizarre take on existence and then people start to break away from what they were programmed to be and understand that uh-huh. there's more cool that understand that people they've spent their whole lives thinking we're the enemy and must die they're suddenly sympathizing with and on in some cases on here uh, understanding each other on levels that are like cosmic. You know, it's, it's yeah, insane. That sounds pretty dude. cool. The game is insane. The story, it, uh, they're peppering in these references to other Xenoblade Chronicles games, but they're doing it in such a teasing way uh, that, that you just, you're not going to get answers until the end of this thing. I can feel it, you know. Yeah. You might get a, a little here and there, but. Uh, I'll be playing this regularly, man. I'm not going to stick around on Xenoblade the whole time. Yeah, you got some other uh, some other recent gaming and pickups. Absolutely, Kirby's Dream Buffet. This is a recent drop on the eShop, fourteen ninety nine. I'm proud to announce Tyler and I speculated on it. No pay to win. No no microtransactions. Cr- no microtransactions. It is what it is. What I was hoping, man. You collect strawberries. You level up, you unlock shit. Plain hey, and simple. Perfect. Charming game. I mean, dude, fourteen ninety nine. This is an absolute steal. Yeah. Because uh, I saw somebody comment somewhere about it, and they kind of said, "Yeah, you're kind of getting like a Kirby style Fall Guys and Mario Party in one." That's basically what I would call this. Yeah, that's cool. Because you know, uh, if you if you do like the uh, the Grand Prix, you get like two races, a mini game, and a battle royale. You get a all of it thrown at you in one That's go. That's cool, yeah. Okay. A lot of variety. And you never know what minigame you're going to get. There's, yeah. you know, uh, it's just so charming, man. They took everything, sh- like Kirby and the Forgotten Land, this hand in hand. I, that's what we thought, too. And they're paying homage to all of the past Kirby games, even Forgotten Land. They got shit in here from Forgotten Land. Awesome. Uh, so aside from that, man, I started and finished Hotline Miami. That's a game I had been meaning to go back to. I know I'm late as shit on. Uh, people have loved this game for so long. But once I started it up, man, I kind of couldn't put it down and finish it to the end. It happens. And uh, I'll, I have the second one. I got the collection for like six bucks on Steam. So I'll be firing into the second one soon. Uh, probably the most exciting thing to you, I killed Omega on loop here. Yeah, that is pretty clutch, man. I took down God, bro, and I did the damn thing and got the end credits. You told me this, and I was like, man, I hadn't even considered the fact that the game has an ending because I think I'm, I'm on the third, the third level with the Necromancer. Um, so, you, have you defeated the Hunter yet? I don't think so. I think I no. got very close to the end of that fight. If I'm oh, okay. remembering correctly, but I can't remember exactly. It's been a while. It's been a while since I made it to the end of whatever level I'm on. We'll put it that way. When I was fighting Omega, dude, I, I haven't felt that since I was a kid. Just like because because it's all out of your hands. All the decisions you made up until that point, it's just happening in front of you. But he like voids out pieces of your gear. And that is devastating. So this gear that you've worked so hard to keep upgrade and mm-hmm. keep your stats here that's the only out. point of the like that's the all the game is really the like. whole time you're fighting him dude it's like this galaxy void appears over one item at a time and completely nullifies those stats and the whole time he's pounding you bro but the necromancer's op but the necromancer is that shit and also i'm i'm not flexing here i didn't use a single resurrection 
Not one, bro. All the way through, not even on Omega. I didn't even die. I feel like I just got exactly what you needed, man. The right gear. Yep. Kept it kept it level. Kept everything. Sometimes you sacrifice this for that, and that could make all the difference, bro. Mm-hmm. You could be like, do I want this 29% summon quality, or do I want this 2-plus skeleton level? And you got to make a choice, bro. Yep. Uh, Always attack speed for me. That's like my number one thing that I care about. Oh, attack speed. I think that's more of a rogue thing, though. Really? I mean, it also yeah. dictates your skeleton's attack speed. Your attack speed, you 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 are right. It's it's very important with the necromancer because I'd lay down the thickets in the river just for the sake of attack speed. Exactly. Uh, but what you really really want is to make sure that skeleton level doesn't fall. Because the gap starts closing out to where being equal with it is not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that skeleton levels everything, bro. I got to tell you. Fair enough. But you're right. You're right. I was thinking wrong. Attack speed is very important. No, I mean, necromancer. I, all the stats are important. Region is really important. Like, if you're really just playing a brutal, like, deck that just has a ton of monsters in it, like, I, I feel like region per second is is pretty important, even with the necromancer. I completely ignored regen. It, really? You actually, yeah, you actually don't get a lot of uh, a lot of drops with regen on them, or at least that's my experience. I know it's completely random, but uh, I tend to prioritize no, it as one of my things I, that I care I about. I completely ignored regen, and I, I completely ignore the the shield or whatever. Oh, the magic shield. Yeah, I just better amulets have better magic once shield get, anyway. Once you get like laying down one's life as a perk, every time your skeletons die, you're getting healed anyway. Mm. So that that's that's fucking key, and right? I love there. the one that splits the damage between your skeletons that you would be dealt. That might be I forgot. That might be uh, laying down one's life. I, I forgot which one it is. It's and both maybe, of those maybe are, are unseen. Good. Unseen care. It's either one of those. Mm-hmm. Those two are the ones you want, bro. Definitely. Uh, but man, it was really hype finishing loop here. I got to say. Other than that, played a little rivals. Found a, a community config that I put a little tweak on, and I'm playing rivals very comfortably. Yep. The thing that uh, always get, hits me is when I go online on Rivals on the deck, it's a buttery smooth experience, even on Wi-Fi. Absolutely. They really have the netcode solid. Definitely. I've had the same experience. It has to be something, like, some part of it has to be done client-side, because if that's real-time, then that's impressive. Absolutely. Feels a lot smoother than Smash on Wi-Fi, I'll say that. I mean, yeah. that's a given. <laughs> Yeah, it was smash playable. On, smash on anything less than god tier Ethernet is almost unplayable. Unfortunately, yeah, we had we had to get we had to make sure we both had adapters just to even think begin about to do yeah. it. Yeah, think about it. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. I'll get into my gaming and pickups um, a little bit less uh, than you, obviously. But I spend a lot of time on Slay the Spire. Like, the, we'll we'll just call it what it is. Like in the past probably two months of having a Steam Deck and everything, I've probably put, you know, 200 hours into Slay the Spire. I, I really have done the most in that game. Um, just still enjoying it, still still ranking up to the Ascensions with all the characters and stuff. Um, trying to get achievements. I've still, I'm still getting achievements here and there, which I like. Um, Hell yeah. So, Tough achievements on there. We talked about that recently. Yep. And I, I, that is one game that I really want to max out, but that is some in-game stuff that takes a long time to do so. 
Yeah, by the way, my gaming and pickups would not be so robust if I wasn't on vacation this past week. Yeah, Let me which you'd love that. to see. Yeah, so it's not, you know, you see what happens when I don't have to go into work, man? I finish games. That's right. Straight up. Um, but continue. L- Luigi's Mansion 3, that is something mm-hmm. that I've been playing with my wife. Uh, we recently beat uh, Bowser's Fury and... Um, the other game, Kirby and the Forgotten Kirby Land. Kirby and the Forgotten Land, yep. And so we decided to go back to Luigi's Mansion 3 as our co-op uh, thing to do. And we're getting pretty Man. close to the end of this game, definitely. Um, yeah, me and my girl got to hop back on there. We got so far, dude. It's so it, it, it just stays so fun. Yep, yep. And it gets pretty difficult or, you know, at least more challenging near the end. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, I like how it amps up how much teamwork's needed. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and then Paper Mario 64 on the Switch Online. Started that up, played through the first little bit. Um, definitely going to keep on it, but really wanted to get going on that because I just love I love that battle system that they use, and I've never played it. So I wanted, oh, to, I wanted to, you know, experience it firsthand. Definitely. You can see the little box copy just right here if you look closely. But gotta love it. We have an entire Hall of Fame, Sterling. This is a big one, man. I got. We're gonna painful. start off by recapping <clears throat> our first iterations, um, and we'll just talk briefly about our philosophy, how we arrived, kind of what our cri- our personal criteria is for the games that we put up. Um, it should be pretty apparent once you once you start seeing our lists. Um, and then we'll go through one by one on our most recent 10. And that's the that's the episode. This is kind of combination discussion in top five, uh, just because it's such a big boy. Oh, it's a lot to talk about. It really is. So looking uh, forward to that. But um, Sterling, do you want to uh, kick us off with your original five and sort of run us through what games were they were, you know, why you picked them and what your general philosophy was. What's well, a tough philosophy to have. I'm sure you can agree with me on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, developing a philosophy on this is kind of like, uh, picking the best of the best when there's about 500 of the best. I, you know, it's a tough cut, but it's tough. reasoning reasoning for all of them is, is solid. That's one thing for sure. So Tetris was on there. That's a no-brainer. That's the first video game I've ever played. Still to this day, play Tetris. Uh, if it's on something, I gotta have the physical version of it. That screams Hall of Fame. It got me into gaming. Yep. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here talking about any any of this shit. So, uh, Quake. Recent love of my life, honestly, with gaming. Uh, over the course of this podcast, I've truly, truly fallen in love with it. It's funny to think back to. It's starting with me reacquiring Quake 2. And then from there, I stemmed out into being like, oh, I want to play the original Quake a little more. Uh, And it really turned into a a huge fandom for me. Yeah. So a lot of shooters I wouldn't have played uh, that come out these days if it wasn't for Quake. If Quake wouldn't have hit hit me the way it did, I might not even be talking or thinking about any of these retro FPS shooters that come out now that resemble Quake, you know? Totally. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, what do we need to say about it, Tyler? I mean, this is truly when Mario got brought to 
to life, to complete life. You know what I mean? Some people might question <laughs> why this and not Super Mario Bros. Well, I would say that's a time period thing. Now, listen, I, I collect NES games or I have a huge collection of NES games, whatever. But at the same time, when I was a youngster, I may have played Super Mario Bros. Deluxe on Game Boy Color. But I wasn't playing mm-hmm. the original Super Mario Bros. Mm-hmm. Now, we got things like uh, Super Mario All-Stars. The Super Nintendo was very relevant to us. Absolutely. I remember playing it for the first time on Super Mario All-Stars. And then after that, I was steady trying to find this shit in flash format on the internet or emulating it whenever I had access to a computer at school or something. You know what I mean? I was really trying to play SMB3. Goodness. The All Stars version. We've got our we've got our Lucy appearance of the podcast. I thought I saw a tail swing in, dude. I was like, "What is?" Yeah, uh, I mean, she's welcome. Yeah, we might have to uh, do something with this. Uh, let her on in, man. But put, look, no, put, she's, put she's barking on at her. someone outside. <laughs> she's got something to say. Put a mic in front of her. Yeah, one second. But for the next one, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, I don't know how much I've spoken about this game. It's every episode, every other episode. It's a pretty consistent theme on this podcast. Uh, I've, I've quoted it before as probably being my favorite game of all time. So it's kind of a Hall of Fame no-brainer any way you look at it. And we're still waiting for it on the expansion pack, and we're still waiting for it to have any kind of recognition that it even exists which is sad yeah uh but the last one i had ape escape a bit of a black sheep from the rest of them maybe because it's a ps1 game but the ps1 was a big part of my childhood as well uh ape escape was the game that really captivated me on the ps1 and i played a lot of shit on there uh, but that game stuck with me through life, man. And it's always going to be one of my favorite games. So uh, the five, if you're if you're watching the visual and you see these five, uh, whenever Tyler popped this to me, I said, you know, this looks about right. As hard as the pick is for my first five, this looks pretty, pretty solid. Pretty spot on. Yeah, that's like a uh, that's like a desert island yep. pack right there. That's exactly you know? that's exactly what I would say too. Um <laughs> As far as my list, I uh, I picked a lot of games that I would consider my favorite games, right? Like historically and stuff that, you know, goes back the distance, right? Super Mario World, kind of the same, same thing you mentioned about Super Mario Bros. 3 in that it's just a... It's my first iconic Mario experience that was informing me on what the games were about and what they would, you know, what they would be to come. And I think the fact oh, that yeah. we, we both picked one each, it says a lot, right? You know, that is kind of, it makes a lot of sense. And that, that doesn't understate how much Super Mario World means to me because it, you know damn well both, both you and I put in quite a bit of time with this game. Yeah, but of course, you know, this one is the one that occupies that same place for me as, as 3 does for you. Yeah, it's crazy to say, uh, as much as I love Super Mario World, I would probably quicker pop in three at a moment's notice and sure. start running through. Yeah, so maybe complete that makes opposite sense. for me. Looking at your, uh, but looking at yours, I know you're going through it. it. It feels right to me as well. Yeah. For our first five. Yep. 
Um, Pokemon Gold, I mean, this is... We don't need to spend too long on this. This is the history of our friendship, of our podcast, of everything. Like, some people might wonder why this and not Gen 1. Uh, but this was, again, the iteration that was so formative for both of us that we spent just innumerable hours on, right? And this this applies for gold, silver, and crystal. Obviously, we kind of want to lump all that into one. Yep. Um, Super Smash Bros. Melee. What can you say? I mean, who, <laughs> like, it's probably... Is there, any, is there anyone who disagrees? It's probably one of the most played games of all time, period. Like, in terms of just what GameCube game is still seeing competitive play? You know, what... Wh- there's... We've... Go listen to any other episode of our podcast if you want to hear more thoughts on this. But Melee yep. is just an incredible game. It was informative for my life. It's something that I have made sure to have access to at all points in my life. And, and that's really it. Um, it's a Nintendo fan's dream. Always yep. has been. Always will be. Absolutely. Uh, Age of Empires 2. You know, this one is my pet pick, I guess you could say, right? This is this is something from my childhood that has once again withstood the test of time, much like Super Smash Melee, where this game is still seeing competitive play to this day as well. I'm talking about huge esports tournaments. Um, more so than a lot of other RTSs besides stuff like StarCraft 2. I mean, this is going to be right behind that in terms of popularity even still. And I think that that speaks volumes about just how incredibly well designed the game was. And it just took the RTS category to a whole nother level. Shout out to T-Station. T-Station, yep. T-Station, bro. Great track. Episode one. Yep, episode one. Uh, and then finally, last but never least, Resident Evil 4. Only for Nintendo GameCube. Only for Nintendo GameCube. That's it. <laughs> Had to put that cover on there. I still have this Good cover. Good luck getting it somewhere else. Yep, I still have this box floating around somewhere, but yeah. I love I love that so much. Uh, I think I realized I had the greatest hits that didn't have that on it. I think I have that one too. I have both, um, but I only you. have the discs from the greatest hits. Well, I only have disc one from the greatest hits. But you have disc two from the other one. From both, yeah. Oh well, then you're in good shape. Then I do have both discs also. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Yep. Really easy to go back and not have both discs yeah. or all discs on something that has multiple. I was but frustrated man. when I realized I lost disc one. But, you know, your top five with my top five or with the Hall of Fame picks from the first, uh, that together, that's the Hall of Fame. Yep. Yep. Uh, and now Until we're adding today. to it. Yep. Today we're adding to it. Rougher cut than the first time around, like we talked about. Somehow, Interesting that way. it turned out that way. Yeah. Uh, but I might give a little insight into some rough cuts, you know, as we go. But uh, this was difficult, Tyler, I got to tell you. Uh, but I'm going to start it off, man, inducting Super Metroid from the Super Nintendo into the Star Road Hall of Fame. Has to be done. It has to be done. I think a lot of people will agree. Uh, there's going to be games on the next few Hall of Fames that I am going to say, oh, man, this should have been first round. I could have put this first round. That goes for this game as well. That goes for all the games on both these lists, I feel like. Yep. And some of the criteria that we have for this, maybe you have different ideas than me. I think about time played. 
I think about singular obsession with the game at the time of really being invested into it. Totally. But I, I think, think about the, there's an the element longevity. Yeah. Going back and playing them. For sure. And there's an element that. of how good is the game too, right? We don't have a ton of games on here that we love but aren't well loved by, you know, the community at large. All these games are going to be things that most people at least that have played these games like, you know. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so, I mean, what more is there to say, man? The, even recently with Metroid Dread, um, a big joy of that game is feeling like it's a modern Super Metroid. And think about just the, if you want to call it Metroidvania genre. Yep. You've got games to this day duplicating this exact format. Absolutely. And this was the pinnacle of that format. No question. Uh, and that's not going to change. Yep. Uh, so it's Super Metroid pick. locked in. Sounds it is good. what it is. My my uh, my first inclusion this this go round, Metal Gear Solid One. No surprise to anyone. Uh, you know, I'm a Metal Gear Solid fanboy. I talk about it, pro- the franchise, probably every single episode at least once. But this is the one that that brought it home. I know, obviously, Metal Gear a little bit different. You know, the older the older games, but Metal Gear Solid One for for PS One that was the first game that really brought it heavily. You know, in in this style that they've continued to keep. Uh, you know, moving forward. So absolutely amazing game. If if it was down to just what is my favorite Metal Gear Solid game, that would probably be three. But uh, one is is singular in its in its historical value. I'm sure three is gunning for the Hall of Fame. It, sooner it, than it'll later. be in there. It'll be in there. Yeah. I just like on the on the screenshot we got. I like how he's not really hidden very well. That is um, something you will see a lot if you play the game, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I th- of course, that's that's a time period thing. I mean, it's not always going to be, uh, you know, definitely. But I just thought that was funny. He's kind of like you know standing there boastfully, and I assume he's supposed to be hiding. But it, if I was that guy back there, I definitely would see his arm and leg and be like, "Hey, motherfucker!" Or his hair, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Terrible cover. Great game. Great game. Next on my list could have been on your list. Do, yeah, absolutely. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Iconic. What a game. Yep. Uh, this wouldn't have really happened, I don't think, if it wasn't for Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Uh, and if it would have happened, then guess what? I would have been happy regardless because i'm glad we got this game definitely I'm glad, I'm glad we got the whole string of games that came with it i remember partners in time was really good i had that too absolutely i wish i still did uh but superstar saga man is just more of that it's funny that you didn't really play super mario rpg when you were a kid Not but you all. know all I've you still know never all about it. but you this battle system is almost ripped from it the time jumps the timed hammer hits, the uh, just the real-time action combined with turn-based combat. Absolutely. Heavily inspired by Super Mario RPG. So it's really not a surprise that this would come in uh, second-round Hall of Fame. Yep. We both love this game. Uh, it's amazing. It, it seems like anytime Mario makes an RPG outing, it's a hit. Yep. So had to go on there, Great man. Great pick, man. Locked in. 
My next pick is going to be Mario Kart 64 for the Nintendo 64. I really struggled with whether to put Super Mario 64 or Mario Kart, but being that there's other great... I mean, okay. This was what I went with this time around. I felt like it was more representative of where I wanted to be. Um, Either or, obviously, no one's going to dispute. But this game, Mario Kart is just a legacy for us, right? I mean, and this game is the number one of all time. I couldn't support the pick more, really. Uh, and and that's something I was talking about earlier. I, ha- I haven't really picked N64 games a lot, a lot of no-brainers, you know. Uh, but that doesn't take away from the fact I'm a huge fan of the system. It's one of my favorite consoles of all time. Uh, and this is top of the list. I mean, Mario Kart 64, just you look at a screenshot and you feel the... You feel it. You need to play it. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I need to play it right now, but I'm, I'm just doing a podcast, so I got I to gotta finish this podcast first. So. Yep. Yeah, well, let's, let's hear your next pick, bro. Now, it's Final Fantasy III. It's not the Super Nintendo one we got in the U.S. It's the 3D remake we got on the DS. Now, I, I love RPGs. Uh, big distinction, but it's a personal thing for me because I came up and I really loved the idea of RPGs just early in life. Uh, shit like Pokemon, uh, uh, earlier Final Fantasy than this, you know? Super Mario RPG. Mario RPG. This, uh, this game, I think, pulled me into the fold of the... You can almost blame this game for me playing RPGs the way I do. Every path, every cavern, every sparkle, every item, everything NPC. I've got to do it. D- yeah, this game is, is is completely at fault for that. I didn't really think about that before I made the pick, but now that makes the pick so much more yeah. uh, solid. But yeah, this game is certainly to blame. I I played this to absolute completion. Um the the crystal tower at the end is just one of the most insane RPG gauntlets I've ever undergone. It's just boss after boss after boss after boss. And I'm not awesome. even shitting you. Uh, and I feel like that was one of my shining accomplishments was finishing this game. Cause I, I put so much time into it and, and was so lax about going through it and just taking my time with it. And I feel like I was doing it forever. So getting to the end of it was pretty hype. Uh, but th- the aesthetic of this, I still love launching this on St- even Steam, man. I- I've always said I was going to go back and do my full playthrough. I'm in the middle of one uh, on Steam. But this game is fantastic, man. Not to take away from the original version of it, but specifically the DS version of this. That's amazing. I-, I-, I still have my childhood copy. I'm happy about it. Don't yeah. have the case, but I do have the cartridge. Makes sense. Um my next pick, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas for the PlayStation 2. Now, in this list of Nintendo games and everything from that era, this feels like an odd one out, but it fits all the criteria of what we've talked about in terms of time played, in terms of significance to us and our friendship, in terms of wide wide sort of reaching impact, right? A lot of people love this game. It came out at a time period where... The second generation of gaming was really becoming widespread, right? 2004, the GameCube had been out for about three years. The PS2 had been out for about three years. 
Um, and this was kind of the thing that, you know, the Vice City probably more so in terms of what kind of hit my our generation early. But this for me was the first one that I really went all into. One of the first games that I ever uh, even attempted to 100% complete, you know, and, and I just think it was an absolutely fantastic game. Shit like this in Midnight Club were like Call of Duty before Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Like it used to be you go to anybody's house and they've got San Andreas either being played or in the console ready to be played. Yep, absolutely. And I I was always fine with that. And we had some great times with this game. I mean, it it absolutely fits the criteria. And uh, you didn't mention it, the longevity of it, man. Totally. There's not a single day you can't fire up this game, even from a fresh start. And have fun with it instantly. Uh, And have amazing time. Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm glad to have it, man. We got a GTA in it. (laughs) The next one was really rough. I'm going to be honest with you. You know better than anybody. I do. Uh, It's Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. And I really wanted to go with Link's Awakening. I I started off... You started off with Link's (laughs) Awakening, right? I did. and And I played it as a child, had it as a child... Loved it, the charm of it. As an adult, it I, I consider it my favorite Game Boy game. Aside from maybe Pokemon, you know, I mean, like the obvious shit, like a it's standalone tough. title. Yeah, it's tough. But Link's Awakening, for your dollar, man, it's the best Game Boy game. And this the the Nintendo throwbacks, they went wild with the references. That type of thing hits hard. But I think about the time I put into them and the the feeling and link to the past just kind of outweighed it. And so, I feel yeah. like I started, I started this whole thing thinking, okay, a lot of 64 games need to go on. Then I went to a game boy centric mindset. Then it evolved into almost all of them being super Nintendo games. Yeah, it sure did. So it, <laughs> that just really shows right there. The process here is chaotic. It is, but I'm always going to back this game. Link to the past is fantastic. Needs to be played by everyone. Has withstood the test of time, no question. Has withstood the test of time. I mean, it, you could go as far as to say, I mean, this is like the shit like Super Metroid and this is like the 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 gold standard of like pixel We've art. We've never really gotten a proper like remake of this, right? Like not a full on remake. We got Link Between Worlds and it had some similarities and, you know, it kind of teetered on the edge. That was almost more like a sequel, I feel like, or it, it, an alternate timeline little, version. Oh, yeah, but I'm not, that was not a remake. But not no, we haven't gotten of a proper. Link, uh, or um, Link's Awakening got remade. On the Switch, right. yeah. So, but Fan, what I was going to. That's a 10 out of 10, that remake to me, by the way. But where I was going with that thought is, I feel like Link to the Past almost doesn't even need a remake. It feels fresh to this day to the point of, like, what do you need to change if you, re- if you remake Link to the Past? No, if it came out as an indie game, it'd be the most popular indie game up there with Celeste and Stardew Valley right yeah, now. Totally. Uh, but Link's Awakening didn't need a remake. I'm glad it got one. But the charm of that game would have withstood the test of time. I felt like it lent itself to a remake a little more than this game, perhaps. That makes sense. With the references and everything, it's a little more lighthearted. This game, 
so you know the the graphical style they gave to that game fit the lighthearted nature whereas it was it was it was it was a bit more whimsical and it was a dream world and mm-hmm. it was a lot more fantasy yeah this is a, in some cases a very dark game definitely you know listen to the Shout out to episode one, Safety in the Sanctuary. That's not the happiest music you've heard on a Nintendo game, Tyler. But it's, it's a great uh, pick, borderline man. Horrifying. Either, either one would have been good, but I'm I'm so happy you settled on Link to the Past. I think it's an awesome pick. It has to be done. Love it. Um, we're getting into the nitty gritty here. My second yeah. to last inclusion from my list, Final Fantasy VII for the PS1. And this is one of those, like, mm, what do we need mm, to say mm. about it? I, I, All we need to say is that as soon as 10's up here, where Final Fantasy is going to be pretty uh, pretty established on these Hall of Fames. Yeah, we, we're on to uh, two games on this list at this point. Uh, and there's definitely a good few more that could end up here for sure. And that's how the Hall of Fame thing goes. Because you know what? If it wasn't for three... You know, I mean, 10 might have still caught me, but those earlier Final Fantasies, I think you know what you like. Yep. And uh, Final Fantasy VII really uh, amped up the formula. We still got the turn-based combat, but we got the the limit and we got the timers. And man, is that satisfying. I mean, like, you know exactly what I'm saying. Yep. And just the depth sort of to the combat really... I mean, it, it it really stepped it up, right? Six was amazing too, though. Yeah, like six six I, really maybe even innovated more than seven, but seven really perfected everything. I think that going forward from seven was very strong. It's not to take away from the games prior, but a lot of times a series as long as Final Fantasy, you see it take a drastic turn for the worst. They kept up a pretty good pace. After seven through the, through ten, haven't played anything past ten, but I gotta say they were on a fucking roll. I feel like most people consider twelve right up there with ten in the PS2. I've heard sort great of, things about yeah. great things about twelve, but, but yeah, man, FF seven, seven Hall of Fame here, yeah, has to be the last one. I'd like to put in is Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island. I can hear the, baby Mario crying right now. Yep. Uh, the goal is to not hear that, of course. Of course. But we heard it nonetheless. This is a game that I played the, the GBA port of. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at one point in time, that cartridge was my most prized possession. I, I mean, uh, we were talking about it earlier. I played through that game to absolute completion so many times. It's one of those games where I was like, oh, I'm going to complete all three save files. We're not doing that these days. Gosh, no. Uh, But then I would go on to, you know, get older and go back to my Super Nintendo and, you know, acquired a copy of it. And now that's just, I mean, that's the first thing I'll pop in if I'm hooking up the Super Nintendo is Yoshi's Island. I think that makes sense. It's one of the most visually appealing games uh, the formula is just fantastic. I mean, we love Yoshi's story. That's that's definitely coming on a Hall of Fame sooner than later. No question. But first things first, man. I mean, this is one of the most beautiful games I think has ever been produced. So totally uh, different aside, than anything else. Absolutely. But the care that went into this art style, unbelievable. They needed the Super FX chip to even bring this to life. 
Uh, so this is Nintendo going all in. This is Nintendo innovating and creating something that had absolute staying power. I mean, think of all the games that we've gotten in the Yoshi line that are all going back to this. Absolutely. Go- going back to this formula, and every single one has been received incredibly. Absolutely. So it's all thanks to this game, and that's why it's going in the Hall of Fame, Tyler. It's a great pick. There's one Thank more to you, go, bro. and it's one that we mentioned earlier as being a glaring omission from the Hall of Fame, but we had to um, rectify that this time around. That's and I had to omit it. Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. What was that? I had to omit it. You had to omit it because it was on your list as well, but I went ahead and Absolutely. fell on the sword uh, on that one. Yep, because last time I said the uh, the second game I ever played, I had to, we listened back and... Uh, to the to the Hall of Fame, and I remember saying, the second you know the second game I ever played is going to be on here. That's Pokemon Blue. So you did me the justice of inducting these amazing games into the Hall of Fame. And we could sit here and have a whole podcast about why this game is Hall of Fame worthy, but <laughs> it's just the one that started it all. And to this day, the fandom, the addiction of Pokemon has not subsided, not much, right? Like not not for very long. So. I think this is this is the one that really got it going. To say that this is Pokemon in its most basic form is baffling. It's true, though, and it's still extremely rich. uh, This is one of the most replayable things I can think of. I mean, how many how many times have we started files on these or gold, silver, crystal? Just first thing I did on Steam Deck was uh, was was play a a ROM hack of this game uh, in terms (laughs) of emulation. Mm hmm. Understandably so, man. Uh, be crazy to get a remake of Red, Blue, Yellow. Not Let's Go, but Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl style. Fieriest red and leafiest green. <laughs> or just bluest blue and reddest red. Mm. I don't know, man. Well, yeah, man. Pokemon. Can dream. We don't know. We don't need to sit here and, and talk about why this is on here. It's, no, it's pretty don't. obvious. But um, looking at your entire induction list, Sterling, any final thoughts? I think it looks right. A lot more Super Nintendo than I thought, but that's not surprising considering its significance in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, always, uh, we talked about the cover of Final Fantasy III. That's clean. We still love that. Yep. Square Enix is still doing still it. Still doing the same style to this day. I know that looking at Superstar Saga, that that could easily be on your list. I know you're feeling what I feel when I look at that. Absolutely. Uh, And then seeing those three Super Nintendo games kind of pyramided together, it just looks right, Tyler. I feel good about this. Like I said, a lot of Game Boy shit coming, a lot of 64 shit coming, but where we're sitting now, I feel good about this. I wonder how you feel about your layout. Same, Same for me, man. I mean, all these games just feel right at home. Some people might think San Andreas sticks out, you know, a little nah. bit from this list, but for us and for me, it's 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 one of the most influential games, right? So I think it, it had to be on here, but all these games just feel right at home for me. This, yeah, it calls to me. I mean, it just looks right, man. But especially having Mario Kart sixty four next to Pokemon Red, that's pretty. Uh, it's perfect. You know, it's perfect. It's perfect. But we want to talk about a three shot, man, and, and get through a, a little visual visual three shot uh, this time. The first visual three shot. And we're going to start it off with Inmost. 
Normally we don't. Normally, sometimes we put on games we haven't purchased, haven't played. Mm-hmm. But this is one that I had early interest in when they dropped the trailer for it. And it, it took a long time to come out. So I think I kind of forgot about it. You know, it finally released end of 2020, I believe. I just never got around to picking it up. But then I saw uh, what is normally a fourteen ninety nine price tag dropped to three seventy four. It's a big now discount. Now I think I'm going to scoop that up. Yeah. So that's 75% off until September 4th. Uh, I would recommend it if I had already played it and could, but I'm going to recommend it to myself and probably grab this deal. And then maybe it'll be on next, next week's uh, or next episode's gaming and pickups. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, depends on how much not Xenoblade 3 and not Switch Sports Bowling I do. That's fair. Uh, but definitely... Uh, I asked you what you thought about the art style, and I think you you had. A I like it. Good it reminds me of, of Celeste, right? When you see the screen layout like this, uh, and and that's something that appeals to me. Or a Shovel Knight, you know those types of games. Yeah, it's it's labeled as a puzzle platformer, and I mean that's right up our alley. You know? I love it. Second on the three shop, Little Nightmares two. And anytime it goes on a sale like this, I'm probably going to bring it up if it's got some length left to the sale. Yep. Uh, but this is on Switch. Inmost uh, was also on Nintendo Switch. $29.99 to $14.99. 50% off until September 4th. The experience you get out of this game for $14.99, I don't know what more I could say about it. I, I keep putting it on 3Shop, spitting the same bullshit. All I can do is urge you to purchase it if you've got $14.99 to spare and you want a, a life-changing game to play. Uh, in a nutshell, man. Sounds good. Switching over to the Steam side, Spyro Reignited Trilogy from $39.99 to $13.99, 65% off until September 5th. So that's $13.99 for remastered versions of the first three Spyro games, all of which I'm huge fan. I'm a huge fan of every one. This is tempting, Tyler. I mean, this is a Steam Deck hero. Fourteen bucks is pretty, pretty cheap, man, for three full games like this. <sighs> yeah, we've it's talked about the Insane than... trilogy that's been on Three Shop as well. This tends yep. to go on sale alongside that most times, um, so you can typically find this on on a decent sale. So you can look for this probably. I don't know about more often than not, but I do see this on sale a good bit. Yeah, I. Uh... I actually got the Insane Trilogy, the Crash one on Switch. Haven't put a lot of time into it. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I was a big fan of Warped, so I really dove in and yeah. played some Warped. The first one was something I was actually thinking about for my Hall of Fame today. Oh. See, Warped could be that eventually. There's other games that belong in front of it, but that eventually could wind up Hall of Fame. OG Crash Bandicoot will, would be for me for... Uh, sooner than later, I will say. For me, it was exposure. I think I didn't have exposure to the first was, one. Like, yeah, uh, it was one of the first games I ever played. Period. Same thing with uh, Banjo Kazooie and Tui. I played Tui first. Not surprising, though. I mean, you know, you get what you get when you're a kid. Absolutely. But Spyro uh, Trilogy on Steam. I mean, that's a great deal. Absolutely, especially if you're a proud deck owner such as ourselves. This, I mean. This is a console game, man. This could play great on the deck, and you know yeah, it. Yeah, and I know it well. I, I think it's great on deck as well. I'm uh, sure. As far as the green check mark. Yep, I'm sure. But that's that's three shot, man, and that's episode fifty. We don't usually number them, but I think whenever it comes down to uh, 
getting over the 50 hill. It's worth mentioning. It's worth it for sure. Uh, but yeah, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback, you can reach out to us at starroadpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also upload every episode to YouTube. In addition to that, we, uh, clip out some segments and we may even have some YouTube exclusive content coming soon. We've been brainstorming a little bit of ideas on that. So stay tuned for that. But, uh, yes, darling, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Feels good to drop 50, man. Absolutely. Uh, doesn't feel like it's been that long, but I guess it has. And uh, it certainly hasn't lost its luster. I mean, uh, you can expect big things. You see we're, you know, doing a little bit more with the visuals, talking about YouTube content. We're going talking about doing a lot of things that really aren't podcast episodes. Totally. Uh, just extra content. Not really planning on putting it behind any type of paywall or anything. No. Just, you know. Just extra content. If you if you're here and you click and you view, uh, you know that that's more than good enough. You know we don't want any money from anybody or anything. Absolutely. So not. we just appreciate anyone who tunes in, anyone who listens to our bullshit, anyone who's listened to our bullshit for fifty episodes. We just appreciate you. Definitely. And uh, we're gonna keep coming back and keeping giving it a go, Tyler. Thanks everybody for listening. Peace, everyone. Peace. Mm-hmm.